Hello, you're listening to Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy. I'm Andrew Shepard, and I would like to welcome you to my second episode of my podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you to every single person who listened to the first episode. If you haven't heard it yet, it is on. So all you have to do is just go and listen to the first episode. It's still on all of the platforms as before, Pocket Cast, Spotify, here on Anchor, and a few other podcast apps. So still check it out. I won't take it down. And I'll be posting a new episode every Friday. Today, we are going to talk about being gay, black, and out. So I am excited for this. Um, There's a lot of things that were asked to me and sent to me. The feedback that I was given from everybody who sent me something as feedback, I truly appreciate it because it was awesome to hear and see what you guys had to say. Um, If you would like to have anything talked about during my podcast, feel free to email me email you'll send it to is lifestylegbb at gmail.com. It's lifestyle, G as in George, B as in boy, B as in boy, at gmail.com. And if you want me to keep you anonymous during the show, I can. If you want me to say your name, I can. It is what it is. Either way, I love to hear back from you all and send me more questions about just tons of topics. I'll post them all on my social media which if you don't follow me, I'm on every platform as AJ Vandertunt. It's V-A-N-D-E-R-T-U-N-T for the name. So today, with talking about being gay, black, and out, there's just some great things that I want to share, some things from my past I want to share, because being out for me was a liberating, uplifting experience. And I can give you my opinion on what it is to come out. And I can also weigh in on a few things people ask me about for different situations. Because coming out is not for everybody. But coming out can be a great thing. So one of the first things is for people who don't know, when you're not out and gay, you know, saying that you're gay just out loud, that's even just one step you're considered to be in the closet. And the closet is where, is the description of the state that you're in. You're not visible to the world. You're hiding is what some people would call it. And I don't think it's hiding. I think it's a different way of living your life. And if you're not out and it's not something you have to do, if you're not out You don't have to come out of the closet. You don't have to be out to live a healthy life. There's nothing that says it's a requirement. If you don't want to live an out life, then you want to live a discreet life. I like discreet better than out. Um, Sorry, discreet better than closeted. Because it just... Closeted sounds shameful. And maybe you're not ashamed of who you are. You just don't want to share it with the world. That's a good thing, too. Um, so when it comes to coming out, of course, that's when you announce to people that you are a part of the LGBTQ plus community, which I'm going to call the alphabet community at some point because there's so many letters now. There's tons. It's a good thing, but there's tons. 
But when you come out, there are different stages to coming out. And I broke down the stages in a way that is part of my experience and then could be other people's experiences as well. So when you come out, you know, there's a group of people that you're telling something about yourself to. And coming out in my experience starts with your close family. So with my close family, unfortunately, I did not get to come out. I was just immediately exposed. Um, and it's just stupidity. So when I was a lot younger, and if you guys remember, there used to be um, chat phone numbers, like phone number chats. So you'd call this number, it's like 555-5555 or 777-7772. Like just some weird random number. And it would pop up on your TV at like one in the morning when nothing else was on. And it'd be these weird guys and girls. And it looks like they're panting at the camera, like, (sighs) like just a long exhale. And they're all sweaty and they're like, oh, get on the phone now. And you can chat with people like me. So when I was younger, I called one of those things. So, you know, you call them and. I got in there and I'm like, hello, yo, this is AJ. And I'm looking to talk to people for really, really good conversation. And I want to feel a good vibe. So, you know, if you're interested, hit me up. So, you know, you make your little message. (laughs) That message plays on a loop. And, you know, if someone's interested, they hit like, I think it was like three or if they weren't interested, four, or to send them a message, it was like two or five or something. And, you know, so people would hit you up, like, oh, y'all just good, let's meet up, da-da-da-da-da. And then you go meet these people, and you do your thing. Now, I had never actually met anybody, but I decided, oh, let me hop on here, it's all good. And this was when I was younger, and there was only landline phones. Of course, don't when I hop on there, somebody in my family picks up the damn phone and they hear it. Then I'm talking to dudes. (laughs) (sighs) Damn. That was my being outed, I guess, to my family. I did not get to say, hey, you guys, I'm gay. No, they got to hear, yo, what's good? This is Andrew. Like that that that's what they heard. <laughs> because somebody else picked up the damn phone. <laughs> so my first stage of coming out, eh, it wasn't that much fun of an experience. And for other people who are out there, I mean, if you haven't come out or if you've come out to your family, you know, you get to talk to your family. And from what I've seen and from what I know, because I was scared shitless. After, you know, I got found out, um, I can imagine it's a very stressful situation. You know, forget the fact that you were in the same confines of a house with these people for decades at a time. You know, just forget that. At that moment, I know it has to be the most stressful moment at that time in your life. Like, I can imagine it's got to be stressful. And if it's not for you and you just automatically have a family that's just accepting of it, you know, I hug you from a distance because that's awesome. So, 
you know, first it starts with your immediate family. You get all that out. And then the next part about it is it's going to go to your really close friends. And when it goes to your really close friends, there's no telling what it could be as a reaction. So I say that because when I came out to my close friends and it was my best friend, we're still friends to this day. Great guy. He, we were, we were in high school and I told him that I was gay by putting a note in his locker that's just saying, hey, this is what's going on with me. I'm gay and I know I've been acting weird, but it's because I was dating a guy and I had to kind of hide our relationship because I didn't want you to know that I was gay. And, you know, he got the note. I know that he read it. And then we actually shared the same class at one point. So I'm waiting for him outside in class. And if I didn't say this was in high school, when I was uh, waiting outside and he walked out of the class, he completely walked past me, didn't look me in the face, knew I was standing there, was like, fuck it, bitch. I'm just out. Booked it down the hallway. And I was like, well, shit, my friend, the person who, you know, I choose to call my closest friend. I'm like, damn, like my family experience was terrible. I was like, this just is not going to get fun. And, you know, then we ended up talking, patching everything up and moving on from there. Still friends to this day. We just had drinks last week and I'm all about it. So when you do have that experience of coming out to your close friends, one of the things that I think about that I could say for myself as that being my very first friend I ever told I was gay, it was traumatic. Now that I'm older, my friends that I have now and the people I meet, it's so much easier. And I mean, my one friend, Danny, he literally, the day I was like, I told him, I was like, I'm, oh, I'm gay. He's like, oh, okay, whatever. And then he passed me a blunt. Yeah, he passed me a blunt and it was amazing. So it just depends, you know, when it comes to coming out with your close friends, you know, where are they at in their life? Where are you at in your life? Because coming out to people who are not obligated to be a part of your family, it's hard, it's stressful. You never know where you stand at sometimes with some people, you know? So after your close friends, then it becomes your other friends. And not other friends in a negative way. They're just kind of the friends who you're not going to be like, oh, girl, come over. I got like a mole on my ass I need you to look at. No. They're they're not the friends that you're going to do that to. But when you come out to these friends, it's a lot easier. And this is in my experience. It was so much easier where instead of, okay, I show up at somebody's party who is one of my outer group of friends and I've got to do with me and I'm holding his hand. It's just like, oh, whatever. Okay, it's easy. It's implied. Or, you know, I could just walk in. Oh, we got somebody wants you to meet. Oh, you know I'm gay, right? Boom. Something, it to me, it got so much easier to say it to those people. And it's the funniest thing. The people who were further out from my inner circle, it got easier to say it as time went on. And the funny part about that is at that point when I was having reactions to people being negatively, I was like, okay, whatever. I don't really care. I'm never going to see you again. It's cool. Then after those friends, my next step was coming out to coworkers. 
because coworkers and friends are different to me. So coming out to my coworkers, yes, we have a great working relationship, you know, we're cordial to each other, we're in the office or wherever we're at, all fine. You know, it's fun, but I feel like coming out to them is something that is a little more intimate. It takes your work level to like this intimate work level, but HR appropriate, but maybe Friday casual wear intimate where it's like, oh, he wears a brown belt, you know, something like that. I don't know who does that in their workplace. If you do it, high five. I love it because I'm all about calling out belt colors. Let's do it. Make it a belt world. But when you come out to your coworkers, these are a group of people who you work with. Some of them are maybe superior to you. Some of them are maybe at your same level. Some of them may be rookie or not at the level you're at. So all these people who are going to have an eye on you at some point and, you know, your work, how you function in the office and stuff. It's kind of weird to tell those people, at least for me it was, that I was gay. Because it's like, um, I just feel like I'm giving up too, information, too much information to you people. And, you know, then some of them turn into friends and some of them turn into close friends. So it happens. Then there's the extensions. And the extensions are the people that I consider still, you know relative to me in a way, but I don't see them often or if ever in person, you know, and those people, some of them I told that I'm gay, some of them I have not, some have just figured it out reading my Facebook or Instagram and all that stuff. So those people, to me, it's still a method of coming out. Because, you know, at some point there is a chance you can see that person and then maybe they want to talk about it in a person or maybe they'll behave differently in front of you in person or maybe they just won't even freaking care in person. But those extensions, they're still a part of it, of just coming out. And then the last stage of it to me is coming out to the world where it's literally, hey, I'm here. Like implied, in your face, not in your face. Yeah, I'm gay. I am unmistakably gay and I love it. And that's a good point to get to. I think now that I'm doing this podcast, I'm getting to that point. I do not think I was at that point. And that's just where I was in my progressive journey. It's nothing bad to not be at a certain point because the pace is different for everybody. And some people just run a different race. And there's nothing wrong with that. So after looking at all the things that I've seen once I've come out the part of it after getting to a point where I just felt comfortable to explore is you know not being out in the beginning I was just sheltered I was a very very sheltered gay I was super sheltered I didn't go to my first drag show until I think I was 22 I want to say it was Yeah, around 22, I want to say. And it was this great little club. It's called Mothers here in upstate New York. If you happen to know about it, it's a great place. Little bar, small inside. The stage was maybe about two feet long. And 
I'm pretty sure they broke fire hazard, uh, fire codes or something, because that place was overly packed. If somebody lit a match in there, we were all dying, dying death, like flames on the side of your face, gone. So great place. It was a great place. And unfortunately it closed, but Mother's was my first experience of something in the community once I had finally come out. And before that, I would have never stepped in there. Never. Not a chance in the world. I still believed at that point in my life before I came out and understood what it was to be gay that all I knew is that that was a den of iniquity and you're going to burn and burn. And then I went inside and then I didn't burn. So take that den of iniquity. I do like that term though. So with that of starting to explore once I came out, I had to think about it. I'm traversing the world as an out black man. Now, being black, I always knew what it was to be black. And I always know what it is to be black. It, for me, I understand being a part of the experience of being black. And my parents ingrained that for me from the beginning. That, you know, you're going to have to work twice as hard. You're going to be a target. You're always going to be the person who is in the wrong in situations where you may be the only black person. And that's how you're going to be looked at. And once I finally understood the concept of being out, then I had to equate that to being black. Where still, and like I talked about in the last episode of that internalized racism that was already built inside, to look at it as I'm already disadvantaged in the situation. Now I'm stacking something else up on top of it. So I had to learn how to traverse the world at that point. Now, being a part of the gay community, it's super accepting. I can say that. Now, there's everything that exists in every community that is a negative, and I'm pretty sure people out there have negative experiences. I'll never discount those because I've had them too. I have to say when it did come to actually traversing the world as an out black man, it was easier to do it in a gay community than a black gay community. Um, Because unfortunately, where I live, there is not a huge black gay community. It's growing. It's growing beautifully, but it's not big. And the great part about it, the people that I have met who are black gay and out, oh my God, they just make it even better to just know that this is not something weird and I'm not alone again. I'm in a good world. So learning to verse this world this way, um, there was something that really piqued my interest. And it was almost like a list of just factors that happen for people who are Black, gay, and out. And one of the first things was economics. When you are Black, gay, and out, economics become a factor that can weigh on the mind. And, you know, it's no more than, I would say, as far as weighing on the mind as a stressor for somebody who is straight. But these are things that may affect some decisions of being out in the world, you know? Um, One of the things was, you know, economic insecurity, where you may not have every single opportunity that somebody else who was not out gay and Black 
would have. And it's, you know, the concept of people judge you by your cover sometimes, or they judge you by what they see. So one thing that I didn't even think about until just now was going into a job interview. You know, there are certain questions that can't be asked, but there are times where maybe you just go off on a rant during an interview, or you happen to say, oh, well, my boyfriend just, and you'll have that moment of pause where, you know, what, did that just cost me a job because maybe this person is not friendly to gay people? Um, Another thing that I did see is people who are black and gay and out, um, in particular, women and transgender individuals, especially transgendered black women, have a very, very low hire rate when it comes to jobs. And this was just a search that I did just through multiple news outlets, the Associated Press being one of them, of employment levels being very low for people who are black and transgendered and black and lesbian and black and gay. Um, Another part of it, violence and harassment is a very big factor. So in every community, people who are different are targeted. And just in my experience being gay and black, I had an experience where I was targeted by members of the black community. And it's just my experience. I was walking down the street and some guy shouted from across the street, oh, he's a fucking fag, look how he's walking. And next thing I know, four dudes are chasing after me down the street, trying to kick my ass. And you know, the great part about it, you might think I walk funny, but I run like a gazelle, like amazing in the African savannah like oh my god it looks beautiful that's the one thing that i can say because the great part about it everybody says i run like a crackhead but i think i run like a beautiful stallion so with that experience of me having that happen and then a few other situations where in the black community i've been not physically attacked always but you know even just verbally you're harassed. It's not fun. And that's a huge factor for people who do come out. And I'm pretty sure it's in other communities as well. But from my experience in the Black community coming out, people instantly assume, oh, if you're a dude, you are a faggot, you want to be a woman, and all this stuff. And it's like, no, 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 no. I don't want any of that. I just want you to know that stop trying to put me on with, oh, girl. Stop trying to put me on with her. She does not interest me. I do not want her China. The China that I want happens to be in that cabinet over there, okay? Like, just let me have that. I want the butter knife, okay? I do not want the teacup. Just leave me alone. I love good China. (laughs) So, another part of it is religious intolerance. Um, So now, in my family, my family happens to be very religious. Um, I, on my hand, am not. And coming out to my family, they still treat me like an individual, love them to death, but I know they do not want to be a part 
of my lifestyle. And I'm okay with that. It's a crossroads that we came to and I love it because there's still no love lost there. That on the Associated Press website that I was reading, um, because there's so much that can happen in a situation when an individual comes out, you never know how somebody's going to feel. You never know if someone's going to feel like you betrayed them, you never told them, or in situations of religion, it's just not accepted. And I've noticed, you know, African-American communities, definitely Christian-based communities, it's a lot harder to come out. And that's just from friends who have told me that when they came out to their family, they got kicked out, or they came out to their family and immediately they were like, oh, you got to go see a therapist, there's something wrong with you. You need to just get to somebody hearing their stories and then telling me those things it sucks that's a huge factor when it comes to coming out and you know if you ever feel like your family just gave up on you just know that you have the ability to build your own family and that family hopefully will never abandon you you know never give up if you have a shitty situation when it comes to coming out never give up on it then one of the hugest factors that I just saw just researching, and this has just been over the years, when it comes to being blackened out, there are criminal violence situations that happen on a higher rate than they do to members of other communities. One of the biggest violence rates in the gay black community is for trans women and men who are viciously attacked, murdered, and the crime rate's ridiculously high. And a lot of them just go unsolved. And that is a huge thing that when you come out to the world, you're revealing this face that maybe not everybody's ready for. It doesn't excuse their behavior at all because they're still terrible individuals for doing what they did. But it's something to be prepared for. There are people in this world who cannot handle it. Like, I mean, there are people killing people over parking spots. So to think that they could handle that what you do in your life will never affect them. Those people, good job. Good job, people. But those were just a couple of things that I came across in news articles and things that people sent me and just my experience over the years of factors that do play a role when you come out. When you come out, you are making an announcement to the world. You are proclaiming in the name of yourself that you're here. You are here. You have arrived on this damn shore after being at sea for 758 days and two hours. And now that you are here, you are like, even the sand will know that I am gay. And it's a great thing. Like, I wish when I came out, especially when I just hit that last level, which I'm at now, coming to the world, I'm like a huge parade downtown New York City. All the streets are shut down, every single one of them. Everybody would hate me because they couldn't go anywhere. And, you know, there's just literally blimp after blimp flying over Times Square and they're just dropping 
thousands of ounces of glitter. Now, I say thousands of ounces because I don't want them to drop thousands of pounds of glitter. That could be very dangerous. Very dangerous. It'd be a glitter bomb and, you know, mm -mm. emotional glitter bombs are great. If you give somebody an emotional glitter bomb, you've just brightened up their day. A literal glitter bomb is terrible. So the thousands of ounces will come raining down and the float that I'm on is pulled by humongous horses with like gold-plated horse shoes and just gold armor on them. And the float itself is just gonna be plain white. That's it, it's just gonna be a plain white float. Like it's just gonna be a white sheet over a board that's getting pulled by these horses that are plated in gold. With the glitter raining down, and there's going to be so much music, just tons of EDM playing super loud. And it it, it would last for a good five minutes. And after that, oh, all done. I get off the float, go into like Starbucks, get a venti white chocolate mocha, walk out, and then go do something with my life. That's what I want. But when you make this proclamation to the world, you have to understand that there are going to be things that are going to come back. And we are responsible for building the lives that we build. I believe that for a very long time. That we build the life that we want to live. And when you come out, you are laying a foundation to your life. It's a great thing. And if you choose not to come out, you're still building a foundation. That's still a great thing. This foundation, it could be what you build your life off of, or it could just be there. And when you do that, at least for me and my experience, it was something that made me stronger. And it just helped me live a much freer life. So much easier. So much easier. It was hard trying to hide that I was gay. It was so hard for me. Even at work, when I try to have conversations, and it's like, oh, yeah, me and my uh, friend, oh, uh, yeah, I got a girlfriend, which I just, I don't know how anybody believed that one, at least coming for me. Like, come on. I'm not even say feed into the stereotypes, but it was just so unbelievable. My girlfriend had never had a name, never met up with this chick, never talked to her on the phone, but I would be talking to every dude. Like, I don't understand. You know, maybe it was just the hair at the time. I had no hair, like no beard, no facial hair, no nothing. So maybe people thought that was what made me straight. Maybe that makes me look straight. I don't know. I have to figure that one out. I will have to figure that one out. It was an interesting time in my life to have that. So with this, um, I want to answer some of the questions that got sent to me. And thank you for sending them, guys. I know everybody who sent me a question for this episode did want to stay anonymous. So I'll keep you anonymous. Um, So one of the first questions that I got, and this was about a situation that I've seen happen and you've probably seen happen on social media a couple of times. Um, It was, how do you feel about gays, people who are gay, trying to out other 
gay, bisexual, transgendered, or discreet individuals over social media? And this question, when I saw it, I was like, immediate gut reaction is I hate seeing people do that. I don't support it. I think it is the worst thing that you could do to somebody. You've literally taken them, dumped gasoline on them, then set them on fire and pushed them in front of a moving bus. Like you've literally turned them into a road burrito. Like that's what you did. And by doing that, it's, it's, it's tearing apart the community. It's tearing apart friendship and, you know, bonds of love. What's the point of doing it? I've seen it online where people will post, oh, this person gave me such and such. And then they'll have their picture. Oh, just so you ladies know, he fucks with dudes. Or, you know, you'll just see a post like that. Some random guy up on the internet. Oh, he fucks with dudes. Just so y'all know, I fucked him. That's how I know. No, I don't understand what the pleasure in that is. I don't understand why somebody would do it. I just don't understand. You are taking a moment from somebody who maybe wanted to come out and now you've just forced it on them. Then you've also changed their life in ways that you could never possibly understand because you don't live their life. So I don't think it's a good thing. I hate it. And people who do it, hopefully you eat a ghost pepper. And then after eating the ghost pepper, you throw up. So you have to taste the entire thing all over again with the searing pain. I hope that's what happens to you. Um, Another question that I did get asked is, why should people continue to celebrate gay pride now that we live in a progressive society. And with that, I feel that we should continue to celebrate gay pride because it's still a part of our lives. Being gay is just another sect of the world, but why not celebrate it? You know, celebrate the accomplishments and achievements of people who are gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgendered, I think I forgot one. Queer and plus. Alphabet. The alphabet community. That's what we're calling it, the alphabet community. Um, Take a chance to just celebrate them and businesses that are owned by people in our community. And one of the things that I love, and in my town here, um, I'm in upstate New York, there was always a gay pride event And in the recent years, I think for the past three years now, there's finally been a Black Gay Pride event, which is smaller than the Gay Pride event that happens. But I love it. It's so amazing. So it's good to celebrate because in the place where I live, it's great here, but you want to identify with people who look like you. I want to see other Black gay men. I want to see other Black gay women. I want to see just Black people. So it's nice to celebrate it because it lets people know you're not alone. You don't feel weird. You don't look weird. You just happen to be a part of a different community. And there's nothing wrong with that.
then another question that I got asked was, can you rock with an overly femme brother? If you can't, why? If you can, why? For me, a guy who's feminine does not bother me. Now, feminine has taken on a whole different role for me, especially in today's society. Now, when I first uh, came out and started to learn about the community, feminine to me was a guy who's wearing high heels or a guy who has a really hip switch when he walks or who talks properly or funny, um, who has good teeth. That was one of them. I didn't understand that one who was skinny and very neat and very clean and cared about fashion. Those were things that I learned as being feminine um, growing up and going throughout the community. And then being masculine had all to do with sports and muscles and all that shit. So now, you know, the definition has definitely changed these days. For me, a guy who I identify as feminine would be someone who... Someone who doesn't fit into the masculine norms, I guess. So, to me, feminine, because some guys would consider me feminine, the way I talk, the way I walk, the fact that I'll go out to the club in tutus and heels or jeans and t-shirts, it doesn't even matter. I'll switch it up. Um, I would consider that feminine, Because it's things that I do, I can relate to. I do not relate to very masculine things of, and not in a negative way, like I would never do them, but the things that were considered typically masculine of football, basketball, um, heavy, heavy weightlifting at the gym, or very physically aggressive sports. There's just things I don't do. So that's what I consider to be masculine. When it comes to hanging out with somebody who's femme, I don't care. It doesn't bother me. I think that when it comes to somebody who's flamboyant, that would be a different story for me. Not in any negative way. I just don't like being the center of attention. So I wouldn't hang out with somebody who likes being the center of attention all the time. I just couldn't do it. That would just be too much for me. And I know that that would breach a boundary for me. So feminine, I can do flamboyant of, you know, somebody who's just screaming out loud they're gay at the top of their lungs. I just can't do it. I don't want to be the center of attention. Has nothing to do with them being gay or just being out. I just can't do it. Um, so that's my answer on that. I don't really have too much of a feeling towards it. That's really it. I really don't when it comes to being with somebody who's femme. Um, another thing that came to mind when it came to the subject was when you come out and you want to enjoy the world, what do you do? So when you come out and my friend Danny, he uh, gave me this analogy of when you come out at first, you've stepped out of the closet yourself. And then when you are out, you've taken all your kink out of the closet too. All the stuff that, you know, you felt you kept suppressed because you didn't want to reveal yourself as gay. 
now you've taken all that out. So when you come out of the closet and now you're like, oh, I like going to drag shows. Or, oh, here's a gay bar. Let's just walk inside. Or, oh, and I'm going to keep doing oh because I like it right now. But, oh, that could be fun. How about I put on a tutu and just go out for Halloween? You know, once I got into that world of, okay, well, you know what? Now I'm out. What do I really have to worry about if someone's going to say, oh, that makes them look gay? Well, yeah, I am gay. So, so what? It doesn't bother me. Now that I've reached that point, it's like this whole world of just fun things have just opened up. You know, you've got different communities out there. Um, one community that I'm totally interested in, and if any of you guys know about it or more information about it, is puppy play. I see these guys, they've got like neoprene or leather masks, just as puppies, and it's all cool. I kind of want to check it out. It looks like a lot of fun. And, you know, it's one of the things that I had in my closet. And now I can take it out and say, okay, I want to try this on. Um, for other people, I mean, I'm not going to say other people, you get to learn more about the community too once you come out. And it's because, at least for me, it took away the stigma of me going to certain places or certain events. So before I came out, like I said, I never would have gone to a drag show. Um, I never would have gone into a leather bar. I would never gone into a porn store, which, oh my gosh, when I did, it was like the mall of pleasure. So, you know, I wouldn't have done that. And I wouldn't have explored as much, at least for myself. I wouldn't have explored as much had I not just come out because I would always feel like every environment is unsafe. And now I don't feel like it is, if that makes sense. Um, that's, that's it. I can't really think of much else that I would explain on these topics. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you for sticking with me for a second episode. I appreciate it. Again, this is Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy, and I'm Andrew Shepard. And I would love to hear from you guys. You know, of course, hit me up on social media. I'm on every platform. AJ Vandertunt is my name. AJ is just A-J-A-Y. Vandertunt is V-A-N-D-E-R-T-U-N-T. And you can also email me. And that's at lifestylegbb at gmail.com. Lifestyle, G is in George, B is in boy, B is in boy at gmail.com. And I hope to hear from you guys. I hope you all have a great week. I will talk to you again next Friday and we'll go from there.